when you try me with a mediocre question, that's the result you're going to get. <laughs> uh, starting left fielder. Uh, Ichiro. No! God, please, no! No! There is some potential there. If he would just, I don't know, use his brain. Um, <laughs> because, especially, I mean, come on, man. Jerry Depoto's the GM. Who the hell knows? Looking out my window and this FedEx driver just hit a tree. You are no gentleman. And neither are you. Hey, guys, and welcome to the Soto Mojo podcast. This is Colby Patnode, and I'm joined, as always, by Ty Gonzalez. Ty, how you doing today, man? Uh, dealing with a little bit of a cold, uh, so but we're gonna power through it, and uh, you know I'm hoping to get better here so I can go to Jurassic Park for uh, for either Game Three or Game Four of the finals because uh, that looks like a lot of fun. You know, you don't get that opportunity a whole lot, so <laughs> trying to take advantage of it. But man, I uh, Sunday I felt like crap, so. <laughs> Okay, yeah, that's nice. The Mariners just drafted a guy whose mom has cancer, but sure, you know, you you got a little bit of a sniffle, so that's fine. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, any, anyways, yeah, I, I hope you can make it down there. Um, you know, we certainly don't have any opportunities to go to NBA games up here in Seattle right now, so uh, yeah. yeah, hopefully, and hopefully, you know, the Raptors can disrupt the, you know, the right order of the NBA because... I'm getting tired of their BS, so yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll see how all that goes. Don't worry, guys. We're not here to talk about the NBA. We do have some uh, pretty significant Mariners news to discuss. Um, since the last time we talked, Jay Bruce, that trade has been finalized. It is official, and it's been pretty polarizing, at least it appears, based on Twitter, which I know isn't the best gauge of anything, really. But uh, so we'll talk about the Jay Bruce trade and also the Mariners uh, just wrapped up, just uh, wrapped up their the uh, fifth round of the Major League Baseball draft. We have six new prospects that we're going to talk a little bit about. Um, and uh, I guess technically seven, if you want to count the player that the uh, the Mariners got in the Jay Bruce trade. So um, let's start with the Jay Bruce trade. Ty, I know you broke I know you broke this down on the YouTube channel. Um yesterday was it mm-hmm. uh, so i know you've already made your thoughts but for those who missed the video jay bruce is traded along with 18 million dollars of his mm-hmm. 21 million dollar salary that <clears throat> makes to the philadelphia mm-hmm. phillies for uh infield prospect in high a by the name of jake uh, shiner i believe is how it's pronounced mm-hmm. um so, ty what are your thoughts yeah i think you know there's been all this outrage you know people mad online about this trade and <clears throat> it's it's really just dumb uh to be upset about this trade uh jay bruce if you just look strictly at just his playing time over the last couple of weeks it was coming to an end um the the you know Braden bishop has been killing it in triple a uh bruce really didn't offer you any defensive value whatsoever uh, and he has one of the weirdest slash lines you'll ever see in professional baseball. You know, he's got a 283 on base percentage with a 212 batting average, yet he's sl- uh, yet he's slugging for like 583 or something like that. It's just he's been such a weird uh, player this year, really. And you know he's got the 14 home runs of <clears throat> you know he's got 35 hits and 14 of them are home runs. And uh, 
you know, he just wasn't valuable to you whatsoever. And really, it was heading to a situation where he was probably going to be DFA'd and they were going to be on the, on the hook for the remaining $21.3 million that he was owed. Um, so now you get a little bit of, uh, you know, payroll uh, flexibility here by, you know, getting two and a half million dollars off of the books, 2.75, somewhere in there, which is, it's fine, whatever. That That's not the point here. The point is you got Jay Bruce off of the team and you got something for him. What you got in, in Jake Shiner isn't really all that great, but he's interesting. He had a really good year in 2018. Uh, had a 140 WRC plus last year. Is off to a bit of a shaky start this year, but still, uh, <clears throat> to get something for Bruce and get some uh, payroll back uh, for him is uh, that's pretty much all you could have asked for. That's probably, that's really the best situation that could have happened here for the Mariners. Uh, and I really don't understand this whole uh, outrage about it. it. Well, I mean, I get it. I get why people are, are upset because, you know, he hits home runs. <laughs> but really, you know, uh, from a realistic standpoint, this is the best you could have done. Yeah. Um, and a, a lot of it seems to be, at least based on the reaction I'm hearing or reading on Twitter, is that the Mariners ate so much money and they didn't even get back essentially what the a, a prospect that I can look at on MLB pipeline. That's basically what the outrage is there. Um, but it's not even about the money that you saved, uh, which again, it's 2.5 million. Um, you know, that might never come back into play again, but it might, we don't know what other trades they're going to make. Um, but either way, it's not even about the money. It's not about getting the prospect back. It's about opening up, a 25-man roster spot and a 40-man roster spot, which you are going to need uh, pretty soon. Um, it's about opening up those roster spots and giving those opportunities that you wasted on Jay Bruce, giving them to Braden Bishop and Domingo Santana and Dan Vogelbach. I mean, are you really you really don't want to watch Bo- you really don't want to watch Bogey hit? You'd rather watch Jay Bruce because that's who he's taking at bats away from. Mm-hmm. You know, it's. <clears throat> You, you have a chance to get something decent for Encarnacion. <coughs> Why are you giving those at-bats to Jay Bruce, who you have no shot of getting anything decent for? It doesn't yeah. matter. They could have eaten $21 million. They weren't going to get the player that a lot of people seem to think that Jay Bruce is worth because Jay Bruce hasn't been good <coughs> two years now. And even when he was quote-unquote good, he was still a 310 on-base percentage guy. He just hit home runs. And, yeah. and when he was good... Look at the trade compensation that that the Mets got. Um, you mm-hmm. know, it's twice what the Mets got. You know, because even you know to, to get rid of Bruce, they had to take on. You know, they took on the contract of of Robinson Cano, which clearly hasn't worked out for them uh, at all. And uh, and yeah, it's <coughs> excuse me. Um, you're going to be dealing with this the whole podcast. I'm sorry, but uh, you know it. it really Bruce wasn't going to get you much and hasn't, you know, has historically hasn't gotten any of the teams that have traded him much. So I don't, I don't get where this expectation suddenly came from that the Mariners were going to uh, get a, you know, a team's top 30 prospect. Mm-hmm. Right. It's in, you know, top 30 is arbitrary. Anyways, the difference between, 
15 and 50 in some in some organizations is almost nothing yeah um so i just i don't like i said i just don't understand this idea and one of the other arguments is is that well the mariners could have held on to him a little while longer and maybe his value would have gone up tell me specifically what you saw in jay bruce's game that made you think his value was going to go up significantly more there's nothing there is absolutely nothing he could do Major League yeah. teams weren't going to drastically change their outlook on Jay Bruce because he got hot for two weeks. That wasn't going to happen. Jay yeah. Bruce is worth what he what, what worth what he is, and really what it is is he's a bench bat. He's a veteran bench bat that the Philadelphia Phillies believe is only worth three million dollars. Mm-hmm. Okay, like that's that's the value. You can't make the value be something that you want just because you don't like the value the market price. The Mariners this offseason, I bet they would have loved to trade Mitch Haniger for their price. Nobody came close to their price. <laughs> they don't get to just make up what the price is. The market tells them what the price is. And yeah. the market for Jay Bruce was nothing. Yeah. It was the Phillies and basically nothing else. So um, I just don't understand. I really don't understand the vitriol. And it's from some pretty smart people, too. Um, I know pretty sure it was kate from lookout landing she really didn't like the deal at all either and i just sitting there I'm like the only other options you had there were two other options if you don't make this trade one you keep jay bruce on the 25 man roster which means you're keeping Braden bishop down in triple a you're keeping jake fraley down longer than he has to be down you're taking at bats away from malik smith and Domingo Santana, and Daniel Vogelbach, and uh, Edwin Encarnacion. Those are all potential pieces of your future or pieces that could actually get you something worthwhile in a trade. Um, so that's option one. Option two is you DFA him, and like you said, you eat every single dime of that deal. What? This is the third option, and it is by far the best option. So I just I don't understand. And some people are bringing this up to point out that the Cano-Diaz trade is bad now. Wait, how? <laughs> I, like, well, you're supposed to get more for Bruce. That was always going to be part of the deal. It's like, well, yeah, if Bruce came out and he was hitting 270 with a 340 on base and slugging 500. Yeah, you probably would have gotten some better, but that's not who he is anymore. And you got you got minor league depth. You got a potential, you know, um, Dylan Moore type of player. Uh, one who, by the way, you know, some scout. There are a few scouts out there who think he could hit. Um, Think they think he can hit a little bit, so uh, we'll wait and see on that. But I just, I, I don't know what you, you got rid of Anthony Swarzak. You got rid of Jay Bruce when both were not worth much of anything, and you got something at least back for them. That's a brilliant job by Jerry Depoto. So, um, I just, I don't understand the, I don't understand the, the anger or the. Yeah. And also, when you when you look back on the um, on the Mets and uh, on the on the Mets trade, um, you got the best player in that deal by far. You there's know, a really good there's a really good chance you got the two best players in that deal. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah. you know, and and the thing is, like, you know, Robinson Cano is an aging veteran that sold you know hundred million dollars or something like that still. Edwin Diaz is a closer on a bad team, and they might be able to flip Diaz at some point and get something for him. So that 
that isn't entirely a sunk cost for the Mets, but still, the the Mariners got the best player in that deal by far. And uh, you know, and by the time that you know Jerry Kelenic is is ready to enter the MLB, he's probably going to be one of the top five prospects in all of baseball. Yeah, I just you know, Diaz. By the way, Diaz has been good this year, like he was in 2017. He hasn't been elite. It's been nope. really good, but people people look at 2018 and say, "Oh, well, that's who Edwin Diaz is." No, that's who Edwin Diaz was in 2018, and it was fantastic, one of the best release seasons ever. But come on, like we really that we're just supposed to expect that's the new norm. That's those are the same people I guarantee you who play fantasy football, and <coughs> the year after Adrian Peterson rushes for 2,000 yards. They go, well, Peterson's going to rush for 2,000, so I'm going to take him first overall. Like, and I, do, you, do you not understand I, what career years are? Yeah, and I'll tell you this. You know, like I said, you know, the, the Mets will probably be able to, or the Mets will be able to flip Diaz if they so wish to. Yeah. But they're not going to get a player like Jerry Kelenic for him. Not even close. So. Yeah, they, they might not get a Justin Dunn for him. So there you have it. Yeah. Yeah. The, that trade <laughs> is probably going to be it's probably going to wind up being better than uh the Hanager Segura trade for, for DePoto. It it might go down as his best trade if Jerry Kelnick becomes what we believe he will be, which is a star. star. Yep. <clears throat> so I just I don't know, man. I, I've pretty much gotten to the point now where if you're still coming at me with your Jay Bruce should have been kept longer so he can maybe up his trade value, which, by the way, works both ways. He could have easily decreased it. Um, <laughs> I'm to the point now where if you guys are coming at me with that, I'm muting you on Twitter. I just I don't have time, and I just don't have the energy to argue with somebody who clearly doesn't want to see what they don't want to see. So um, the Jay Bruce trade is fine. Like I said, hopefully it leads to more playing time for Braden Bishop. So far, the answer has been no. Um, but it makes sense, you know, because there was a right-hander on the mound yesterday. I just, I, 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 there is no point in calling up Braden Bishop if he's not going to play, but we will cross that bridge when we come to it. We'll give him some time, um, to get Bishop in the lineup. That's not a topic for today. Um, today we're going to talk about the Jay Bruce trade, which we just did. Um, and then we're going to move on to the major league baseball draft, but just to wrap up the Bruce trade. For me, this was about as good as you could have possibly hoped for. Um, I don't really need a like a grade on it because it's not a fantastic trade, um, but it's about as good as you could have uh, reasonably expected. So, um, I, overall, I think it's an insignificant trade in terms of the return, uh, but a very significant trade in terms of you know seeing what your young guys have to offer you at the big league level. So. Um, any final thoughts on that, Ty? That's really it. You know, it's 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 a good, not great trade for the Mariners. They they did what they needed to do, and and that's that. Um, and that's really all that needs to be said about that. It's not a bad trade. It's uh, you're not paying for Bruce to. You're not doing this just so Bruce can go play for another team. You're doing this so you can open up a spot for for your young guys. So you don't have to continue carrying Jay Bruce and having him honestly just have a negative impact on your team rather than a you know a positive one and and that's and that's really you know 
what it comes down to is that you were right. probably going to DFA him and mm-hmm. pay him twenty million, twenty-one million dollars to just go sit on the street, and instead now you send him to Philadelphia and give him an opportunity to win, and yep. you're paying eighteen point five million for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't, and... I don't really see how that's a negative. When right. Really, the other, you know, when you consider the other options, so right. The only, the only positive Jay Bruce <clears throat> brought to you was in the clubhouse. I'm not, I'm not saying that's not you know, valuable. It is. Um, but you can't quantify it, first of all. And second of all, with guys like D. Gordon and Edwin Encarnacion and Kyle Seeger still in that clubhouse, and also your emerging leaders like Marco Gonzalez and Mitch Haniger, you don't need clubhouse leadership this year. And you certainly don't need it for $21 million at the at the cost of playing young guys. So, um, you know, it's like I, said, I wish Jay Bruce luck. He seems like a great guy. Um, he need definitely, he gave us some fun moments and all that stuff. Um, and I wish him a lot of luck in Philadelphia. I hope it works out for him and Philly. Uh, but it's absolutely the right move for Seattle. So, um, <clears throat> that'll wrap up our Jay Bruce talk. Hopefully we don't have to talk about that ever again. Um, let's move in. Let's move on to something fun here. Um, major league draft is ongoing as we are speaking right now. Uh, the sixth round is underway. The Mariners are up in about 15, uh, 15 picks or so. Um, so we'll probably get to break down an extra pick on the air. But let's start here. Uh, let's start right at the top, Ty. Uh, the Mariners with the 20th overall pick. They do not select Anthony Volpe, which, thank God. Um, instead, <laughs> instead, they take the other player most commonly linked to them and somebody that I pegged uh, in my final mock draft as, you know, hopefully him and not Volpe, is uh, is George Kirby, the right-handed pitcher out of Elon. So. Uh, Ty, what do you think of the pick? What do you think of the player? Yeah, I, you know, we talked about the uh, about George Kirby last week, and and I really like him. You know, he embodies um, control the zone more mm-hmm. than any other pitcher in this draft. Uh, there's no question why uh, Jerry Depoto and his team loved him uh, and picked him. Uh, I'm sure he was really high on their board because of the season that he just had. Uh, what was it, a 17.83 uh, K walk uh, ratio this year? Uh, yep. Yeah, that's... Uh, 100, 107 strikeouts to six walks. Yeah, and so, you know, Pipeline gave him the best control grade of any pitcher in this draft. And really, I think, you know, he doesn't have the highest ceiling of, of, the, of all pitchers in this draft, but he had, I think he's probably the most polished pitcher as of right now. Um, so it's that's really impressive to 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 get, um, and it's just it's it's it continues this trend of of the Mariners focusing on um, on quality pitchers that can that throw strikes and aren't going to walk a lot of guys and are going to dominate you from the point of attack. And he's got a fastball that can still increase in velocity. Right now, it's in the low to mid nineties, but he's reached ninety eight. At, at some point, so if you can get him in the mid to upper 90s uh, as he develops, that's going to be huge for him. But he's got a four-pitch repertoire where he really throws all four pitches effectively, and that's that's a, that's a really good pitcher to have. He's a high-floor, low-ceiling guy. He's probably going to be a two or a three in most rotations. Um, but that's that's a good pick. It's a safe pick, but it's a good pick. <clears throat> right. Um, 
interestingly enough, when the Mariners made the pick, we did get a breakdown of uh, George Kirby from uh, Trevor Bauer, a Cleveland Indians pitcher, um, who talked about Kirby having a opportunity to make a few tweaks to his uh, his delivery and things like that to possibly add a couple more miles to his fastball. Um, right now he's 91, 92 most of the time, uh, but he has hit 98 miles an hour at times. And there were reports that he sat 94, 95 for multiple innings at a time. Uh, so that mid-90s fastball is in there, as is the upper 90s fastball when he really needs it. So <clears throat> the fastball grade um, right now is probably a 55, 60. Um, it could be a 65-grade pitch, which is a plus fastball, especially with his command. If you can throw 96 and put it wherever you want it, uh, you're going to be a successful pitcher at uh, at some maybe it's maybe it's in the bullpen, um, but it's probably a starter because Kirby's got two above average or average uh, breaking balls, and the changeup isn't all that far behind. Um, like I said, this could be a this could be a, C, a floor thing. This could be like a number four starter really feels like his floor, but if he can if he can juice up the fastball a couple miles an hour, get up to 94, 95, that changes his profile completely, and you could be looking at a number two. Um, especially if the uh, slider or curveball take another step forward, um, which they have shown flashes of doing in the past. So um, Kirby is safe, sure. Um, I think he's going to be a relatively fast riser. I think you'll see him dominate. Uh, We'll we'll see if he pitches this year. Um, You know, it's similar to Logan Gilbert last year where the plan was send him to uh, Everett and he was going to make – maybe one or two starts and they were just going to shut him down. We'll see what they decide to do with George Kirby. He's at 98 innings right now. Um, He's not in the postseason or anything, so you don't have to worry about that. Uh, They might send him out to Everett. He might make a few starts, but I suspect he'll start next year in West Virginia and follow a pretty similar path to Logan Gilbert. So um, we'll see how everything develops, but I think Kirby could be up um, in the big leagues by, you know, the middle of, you know, late 2021, or I think he'll enter spring training 2022 with a shot to make the big league club. So um, fast riser, high floor, but there is some ceiling there and that's, uh, that's important. Yeah. So, and, and I think, you know, he, he kind of has a um, similar approach to him like Logan Gilbert and maybe like Gilbert this year, he'll s- subvert those expectations Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, this is kind of the same thing that we were talking about with Gilbert last year was that probably going to be a three, four guy. Now we're talking about Logan Gilbert as a number two and maybe even pushing ace. Um, so that, that's, that's really, uh, you know, how I feel about Kirby is just, I want to see him in the, in the, in the organization and see what they can do with him. And if he can up, get that, that velocity up, that's, that's going to be a nice prospect to have. Right. Um, you know, we talk about uh guy we have been talking about more lately, LJ Newsom. Mm-hmm. Um, he went to the Mariners gas camp and the Mariners got him from 86, <coughs> from 86 to 90 miles an hour up to, you know, sitting 91, 92 and hitting 94 on occasion. So um, those things do happen and we have pretty good evidence that the Mariners can do it. Um, we'll see if George Kirby can. Um, but overall, I think I think it's a good pick. Um, I think it was the right pick considering who else was on the board uh, when factoring in things like signability and things like that. 
Um, Kirby's probably going to to sign for slot. I don't think you're going to have to overpay to uh, get him to sign with you. So um, overall, it's a pretty good pick uh, for the Mariners. Uh, so let's jump ahead to round two. This pick was a bit more surprising, I, I guess would be the word. Um, not that it was an egregious reach or anything, but uh, it certainly caught me off guard. Uh, the Mariners, with their second-round pick, select left-handed pitcher Brandon Williamson from uh, TCU. Uh, he's a 21-year-old junior, six foot five, 210 pounds. Ty, what did you think about Brandon Williamson? You wrote him up last night. Um, what were your thoughts on him? Yeah, I think he's really intriguing. Uh, this is kind of an upside play. Uh, last last year was coming off of surgery, or this season he was coming off of surgery uh, to repair the labrum in both of his hips. Uh, and he was also transferring to TCU. Uh, so this was really his first look at uh, quality um, competition. And, uh, you know, because he's coming from uh, Northern Iowa area community college. Uh, that's a that's a name. <laughs> but uh, and uh, you know, in coming back from that and really facing the first real competition he's seen at the collegiate level uh, and going into, you know, an extremely tough big 12 conference uh it was it, it was a bit of a struggle for him uh velocity fluctuated quite a bit command came and came and went uh it just it was a really inconsistent year for him but considering the the factors of what he had to go through this year uh in his return from that surgery and and going into the big 12 and everything i think he fared pretty well uh and here and I have a completely uneducated comp after watching some tape of him and everything. Drew Smiley. I see a lot of Drew Smiley Ooh. in him. <laughs> I love me some Drew Smiley. Um, yeah, you know, this is a guy that I didn't really <clears throat> didn't really know a lot about going into draft day. Um, I, Pipeline had him in their top 80-ish area. Um and of course, you do have to love the name North Iowa Area Community College. <laughs> yep, <laughs> awesome. Uh, but yeah, you know, it's there's a lot of injuries here to worry about with Williamson. Like you mentioned, the two uh, hip in, the two hip injuries. Uh, <coughs> that's that is something to be slightly concerned about, at least for me. But again, it's not his arm, um, it's not his shoulder. Uh, so things could have been a little bit worse. But 90, 92 to ninety five mile an hour fastball hit 96 97 on occasion the slider is already above average um curveball and change up there's a pretty good chance one of those becomes another above average offering giving him the magic number of three star uh three pitcher three pitches to remain a starter so like i said six foot five 210 he throws downhill a lot of good arm angles working there the fastball is going to play up because of that if he can re if he can sit 94 95 instead of 91 92 um and he can sharpen up one of his off-speed pitches. That's a really interesting profile. It'll come down to whether or not he can control the strike zone as much as the Mariners want. But there is a non-zero chance that Brandon Williamson is actually the better pitcher than George Kirby um, if Williamson reaches his maximum upside. Uh, Drew Smiley is a cool name. Just from a size standpoint, uh, I think in size and the fact that he'll probably be throwing in the mid to you know mid-ish 90s, I think mm -hmm. some Mariners fans will look at this and see James Paxton a bit. Um, mm -hmm. Also had some injury issues. I don't think he's Paxton. I don't think he's going to be really all that close to Paxton. And ultimately, I think 
the most likely scenario is that he's a pretty good bullpen arm, which, by the way, is the most likely scenario of every every pitcher, like like ever. That is their most likely scenario is the bullpen. Um, mm-hmm. But overall, this is it's definitely an upside play. I do wonder if he's going to sign for slot or maybe a little <coughs> bit below slot even. Um, I think that's a possibility as well. But I think this is a good upside play. The Mariners have the extra second round pick, so they can make a little bit more of a ballsy pick like this. If it works out, fantastic. This is a number three guy in the rota in a pretty good rotation. Um, if it doesn't work out, you know you're probably looking at a pretty solid reliever, uh, potentially a high leverage lefty who could go multiple innings for you. So I like the pick. I think it's. I, I, at least I don't love the pick. There are other guys on the board at the time that I would have rather seen them take, um, but it was definitely an upside play. And in the draft, you know, upside is upside is good. And it's, and you know, for a college arm, usually when you draft a college arm, you're drafting floor versus ceiling, or that's that's the uh, that's the common perception. And with Williamson, you have a lot lower floor than a lot of college arms, but you have a pretty high ceiling as well. So. Um, We'll see how he does. I, I'm interested in him for sure. Um, I think it'll be about staying healthy and if he can have average or above average command, then I think he's probably going to be a number three, number four starter, which is valuable. So, yeah, um, yeah interesting pick there. All right, um, so let's jump ahead real fast to the Mariners' uh, next second-round pick. This one was at pick 76. They take uh, Isaiah Campbell, a right-handed pitcher from. Uh, Arkansas, uh, he has been on TV a lot lately. <laughs> if you're watching the college baseball, uh, the tournament, uh, so to speak, um, I really love, I love this pick. Um, I said it last night on Twitter. Um, he was, we were about seven, eight picks away. And I said, you know, this guy's still on the board. And as much as I want them to maybe take a high upside, uh, prep player, he'd be super interesting. And sure enough, he falls to the Mariners, and the Mariners scoop him up. So, Ty, what can you tell us about Isaiah Campbell, and what do you think of the pick? Yeah, you know, really, when I first watched him, I, I was thinking, man, this guy is going to be a high-leverage bullpen guy. But the more mm-hmm. you see him, he's got he's got a really nice <laughs> tool set uh, here. You know, four pitches, uh, the fastballs, uh, you know, anywhere from the low to mid-90s. Can he, he has touched, like... I think like ninety seven, ninety eight. I uh, I believe. Uh, am I right about that? Yep. Yeah, and and he and uh, he really just packs the strike zone. And and you mentioned this last night. He's a big analytics guy, so he's going to be open minded to to what the Mariners will bring him. And that's that's really exciting when you when you have a guy like that who has these tools already and is and is open to changing some things. That's that's huge. Uh, so I'm really thrilled about this pick. And right now. I'm thinking he might be top 12 Mariner prospect right now. So mm-hmm. that's uh that's a really exciting addition to, to uh, bring in at 76 overall, you know, MLB pipeline had him at 45. I think uh, fan graphs had him at about like 80 something uh, might be wrong about that. I don't know. Uh, but uh, he's a, uh, he he has one of the better fastballs of the pitchers uh, in, in this draft class. And that's the thing really, you know, uh, when we talk about this draft class so far for the Mariners and them taking all these pitchers, this is a pretty poor pitching class 
uh, just from a general outlook. And, and they, uh, if they wanted to address pitching this year, they needed to do it early and often, and, and they have done that. And, uh, and I think with the first three picks, and we'll, and we'll get into the other two in a minute here, but with these first three picks, I think they have three legit guys who, who can be in their rotation and, uh, and have a lot of upside to be high rotation guys, uh, including Campbell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, like I said, you mentioned Campbell, 91-95, um, has hit 98 on occasion. Uh, he was pitching against TCU the other day. Uh, Sunday, and he sat 94-95 for pretty much the entire game. Uh, the slider is his best secondary pitch. It is uh, right now an above-average pitch. It has a chance to be a plus offering, and the split change is something that he just picked up last year. It's already getting better, um, and that's probably going to be the difference maker for him. If the split change is another above-average pitch, you're looking at a middle-of-the-rotation type of arm. Um, if you can't get that split change to really work, then you're probably looking at a high leverage reliever. He has a pretty high floor because you stick him in the bullpen. He's athletic. He can repeat his delivery. He'll throw strikes. You stick him in the bullpen. He's going to be 98, 99 miles an hour with a pretty good slider. That's going to be valuable down the road. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, he, like I said, he's he's a really he's a really solid athlete. I think his ceiling is probably a number three <coughs> starter. Um, I think his floor is like a solid middle reliever. There's a lot of floor. With the Mariners' first three picks, there is a pretty high floor with all of them, um, but also some pretty decent ceiling there. So uh, you mentioned Campbell probably in the top 12. Last night I pro- in my very preliminary ranks, and we haven't combined our ranks yet. Um, we don't have website ranks out yet. Uh, but in my personal ranks, I put him at 10, and I'm still working with things, but I think he's right there in that 10 to 14-ish range, somewhere in there. Um <coughs> I'm a big fan. And like you said, you mentioned he's an analytics guy. He loves, he, he describes himself as a stat nerd. Um, this guy, he wanted to go to Arkansas and major in biochemistry. Um, but instead, I guess he just settled for criminal justice. So um, his, his goal after, uh, after playing baseball is going to be a, a forensic scientist. So smart guy, understands, willing to learn, gets it athletic, good stuff, chance for more in the upside, really high floor. It's, it's almost impossible not to love this pick. Um, yeah, this I, is a, it's insanely good value too at the picks yeah. that they that they brought him in. Absolutely is. So <clears throat> Isaiah Campbell's probably my favorite uh, pick so far. Um, the by Mariners the Mariners are making their pick right now. They just made it. Um, the Mariners select. Oh man, I am <laughs> I am going to butcher this. Uh, we will. The Mariners, as we are draft or as we are speaking right now, just drafted. Um, Michael Lemoncelli, who is a pitcher, not not a college pitcher, not a college high school pitcher. We'll talk about him in a minute Um, and we'll probably (laughs) learn right along with you guys because I I don't have a a deep knowledge of high school pitchers from New York. So um, so we'll talk about him and learn about him together in a few minutes, but let's talk about a few of the picks the Mariners have already made today. Um, not going to be going quite as in, de- in depth with these picks as we did the other ones. Um, but we'll talk about them all the same. Um, so the Mariners get up with the third pick today, which I believe was 96 overall, 97, 97. Um, yeah. And they take a Levi stout, uh, a right handed name. Yes. <laughs> a, a right-handed pitcher. 
from you guessed it, Lehigh University, uh, college pitcher, right hander, six foot one, one eighty five. Ty, I, I know this was a guy for me that I vaguely heard of, but didn't know mm-hmm. much about. Same. Uh, and you did the write up on him, so I'm sure you learned a little bit more about him than I did. Uh, what can you tell us about him? Yeah, uh, so he's another guy that that has four pitches that can be used that he's used effectively. Uh, didn't have great numbers in a, in a poor Patriot uh, league, um, and he was on one of the worst teams in that league too. So, uh, uh, but he uh, he posted a three five three ERA with sixty nine strikeouts, twenty one walks, and sixty three uh, sixty three and two thirds innings pitch. Um, again, he's probably going to be a back of the end rotation. Uh, uh, rotation piece uh, that's probably his ceiling uh, but more so probably going to be a, a bullpen guy you kind of mentioned or you mentioned uh, that he kind of reminds you of Eric Swanson uh, on Twitter today I kind of see that as well um, he uh, right now he's a little bit undersized needs to build a bit more strength uh, I read uh, that uh, really needs some more strength in his lower half right now so um Perhaps he can get the velocity up through that. Right now, he's sitting low to mid-90s on the fastball, which is kind of a, uh, a trend here with the pitchers that the Mariners have picked. Um, so he's very similar to... to uh, he has a very similar stature to just some of the other pitchers that they've, uh, that they've drafted so far and just uh, repertoire and, and, and uh, general stuff. Um, so it's... Uh, he has the the probably the the lowest ceiling of the uh, of the four pitchers we've talked about so far, but he has the potential to be a guy that works his way through the system fast and uh, and be able to be kind of a I don't know like a Sam how do you say his last name again Gaviglio yeah he he has the potential to be kind of that with a little bit more velocity. Yeah, um, like I said, he's just kind of a four-pitch guy, more of a, a gamer than a stuff type of guy. Um, there's some work to do there that's going to be the case for a lot of these guys that we talk about now. Um, like I said, the, the good news is that he does have a good feel for the changeup, which is usually the pitch yeah. that uh, most starters struggle with, uh, particularly, ones, particularly high school-age kids and also um, – these mid-major uh, conference kids who, you know, they can just live on the fastball and the slider. Um, they don't need the changeup, basically. Uh, Stout sounds like he needed the changeup in college, and he used it pretty well, so he's got a good feel for that. The control could probably tick up half a grade. This is another guy where they're going to throw him into their into their uh, gas camp program or whatever, I'm sure. And they're going to see if they can't get him 94-95. Right now he's 91-93. to um, so I bet they'll see if they can get him up into 95 with regularity. Um, the fastball is pretty straight. Uh, so this could be a guy that maybe you, you switch up to the two seamer with, maybe you teach him a cutter and that's his primary pitch. Um, but there's, he's got to find a way to get value out of the fastball because if your best pitch is your changeup, your fastball, you either need really good command with your fastball or your fastball has to be. Uh, you know, a plus pitch on stuff. Uh, you know, it has to have movement. It has to have uh, velocity and things like that. So 
Um, we'll see what they can do with him. I, I think it's an interesting pick. I do wonder if perhaps he is a, an under slot type of guy. Not that it was a big overdraft. Um, it was maybe about a round at most overdraft. Um, but yeah, he, like I said, he's an interesting guy. I think ultimately he's going to be a multi-inning reliever. Um, but we'll see the Mariners, uh, the Mariners have had pretty good luck developing, uh, starting pitchers, particularly when it comes to adding velocity. So we'll see how, what they can do with Levi Stout. Um, and again, great name. Uh, <laughs> okay. so that's Levi Stout. Now we're going to talk about a guy who, um, I actually did get to see pitch once. Um, and that's, <laughs> that's about the nice, that's about the best thing I could say. Um, he, of course I had to write him up without much, uh, knowledge of him. So that was fun. Um, mm-hmm. Tim Elliott, he's a right-handed pitcher from Georgia, um, the university of Georgia. He's a really interesting guy, six foot one, some varying report, uh, varying, uh, reports on his weight. I saw 180, 185 MLB pipeline has him at 200. Um, not that it really matters all that much. Uh, but Ty, let me ask you, do you know anything about Tim Elliott? Uh, so I know that he was like a midweek starter for them and then injuries pushed him into a weekend starter and he, uh, and he thrived in that role. Um, but that's really a, as much as I know about him. <laughs> so, uh, right. I, yeah, when I, when I heard the pick, I was like, um, ooh. <laughs> but, yeah. uh, you know, and I read about him a little bit, but I, you know, I had to go write about the, um, the Austin Shenton pick so i will divert this one to you (laughs) thanks a lot um so yeah uh this is a guy who i definitely am expecting to come in at under slot um what they're saving the money for we didn't really know but we might have an idea now when we talk about the uh sixth round pick here um but he's probably under slot guy 21 years old the nice thing about him is that he got better every single year he was on campus um started out as a reliever sparingly used uh sophomore year he got a few handful of starts um but again came out of the bullpen wasn't really used just kind of there and he worked his way through all of that to become a a rotate to become a midweek starter Um, if you guys don't know real fast in college typically your best pitcher starts friday night that's because those are usually the conference games those are the big games that matter so in college your best pitcher starts every friday night uh, number two starts Saturday, number three Sunday, et cetera. And then basically everybody else is a bullpen guy. And then in the middle of the week, you throw the guys that you're not going to throw on the weekend, right? That's typically how it works. Mm-hmm. Um, like you said, Elliot kind of, he just <coughs> hung around, hung around, kept pushing, uh, eventually made his way into the midweek ro- rotation. There were a few injuries at Georgia. He had to jump into the weekend rotation and he really held his own. He's 61 innings. He got 60 strikeouts, only 21 walks. Um, so just under a K per nine. Uh, fastball, 91-92. Kind of a, a little bit similar to Levi Stout, to be honest, stuff-wise. Um, just not quite as polished um, with the com- with the control and the changeup. Those are really the two separators for Stout. Um, but Elliott, again, he's six foot one, so he's not a big guy. There may not be another gear um, to his fastball, but the Mariners will certainly try. That seems to be a running theme here. The Mariners are going to try to get extra value out of his fastball. Um, I think this is a, like I said, I think this is an under slot pick. I think this is a guy who 
Um, probably is going to take a while to get ready to go to the big leagues. I think there may be a little Matt Festa in here, kind mm-hmm. of a you know a, a fringe starter who uh, probably ultimately a multi inning middle of the in- <coughs> middle of the game uh, reliever. But I do think there's a little bit of Matt Festa in here. And again, I'm, I'm working off with very limited knowledge. I watched him pitch once. He was 93 to 94 that day um, with a pretty good curveball. Uh, so that's basically my limited knowledge of him. We're going to try and learn more and we're going to try and learn as much as we can on him. And we'll get more information from uh, Jerry DePoto and Scott Hunter going forward. But yeah, this one was the first pick where I was honestly, I was like, who? Um, so, so uh, and of course that's the one that I got to, uh, I got to write about. So <laughs> let's, let's talk about a player who, not to be disrespectful or anything to uh, Tim Elliott. Let's talk about a guy who's probably a little more fun. Yeah, you know, probably we're going to have a, more to say about. And that would be a third baseman, Austin uh, Shenton, who was the Mariners' fifth-round pick. Uh, he was selected right before we hit the record button, so we know a little bit about him. Ty was able to write him up. So, Ty, why don't you take the uh, Austin Shenton conversation here because you know so much more about him than I do. <laughs> So Austin Shenton, uh, finally a position player. <laughs> that is, yeah, right. That's the Mariners took five. Was it five? Yep. Yeah, five. It five took five pitchers. college pitchers before they took the position player. Go ahead. So Shenton uh, started out his collegiate career at Bellevue Community College. Uh, so so shout out to Bellevue. He is a uh, Bellingham native. Uh, transferred to uh, FIU last year uh, and uh, really had a great Cape Cod league, league last summer, impressed scouts, uh, really boosted his stock. Uh, but a hamstring injury this year and some personal issues, as, as Colby mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, his mom was diagnosed with cancer, uh, likely played into a slow start for him, and that kind of tempered uh, expectations and, and just the hype uh, surrounding him. So his stock fell a bit, uh, but he had a pretty decent year after after the slow start. He wound up uh, slashing uh, 330, 425, 513 in 53 games this year. Uh, seven home runs, 47 RBI. Uh, has a really pure swing from the left side. Um He's kind of a stocky guy, so he doesn't have a lot of range at third, so he's probably not going to stick there, but we'll see. Um, uh, he might go to uh, to the outfield or second base is some of the things that I read uh, last week. Uh, and then, uh, you know, when I looked into it a little bit deeper today. Uh, so, uh, but overall, it's, it's, he's really int- uh, interesting. Uh, you know, it, really, when you consider the the factors that that may have caused him to struggle to start this year, uh, after being considered one of the uh, the better uh, college bats in this draft, uh, I I think that the Mariners possibly hit a home run with this pick. Yeah, I think this is probably a second or third round talent uh, in this particular draft. Uh, and like you said, there was a few uh, things that are really outside of his control um, that may have hurt his stock. Um, like I said, the hit tool is, is above the power, but I do think it's an above average hit tool. There's a chance he's going to uh, hit for some pretty good average at the big league level. Uh, solid arm average, maybe a little bit above. 
Uh, six foot one ninety five. Really, not much growth left there. Um, the question is going to going to be twofold. It's going to be what position does he play, and can he add any power? Right now, fringe average power. Um, you know, you'd like to see, especially if he's going to try and stick at third base. You really do need, you know, at least twenty to twenty five home run power out of that position, um, and probably more because he's not likely going to be a above average third baseman. Um, there are scouts who think he can stick at third and at least give you average, uh, average defense there. Uh, but the hit tools out of the power, there is some, like I said, the swing is really nice. Um, it's a good solid left-handed stroke. Uh, he's got pretty good bat speed and an understanding of how to put backspin on the ball. So the power could, uh, could tick up a full grade, um, with Shenton who, it'll, so it'll be interesting to see. I threw out the comp after learning more about him and looking at his numbers and things like that. He does have a very similar profile that one Kyle Seeger had coming out of North Carolina um, when he was a third-round pick in 2009, I believe, 2010. Um, you know, the bat is the carrying tool here. Not really sure what position he's going to play. At the time, Kyle Seeger was a you know future utility guy, and he was probably going to play second and maybe some left. And probably throw him at third and second on or third and first on occasion. Um, that's kind of what you're hearing from Shenton. Uh, but you know, there's the possibility that Shenton uh, kind of builds himself like Kyle Seeger did, and can become a really solid player. So I, I do like this pick quite a bit. Um, I do I do like the Kyle Seeger comp there. Um, whether or not he'll ultimately become Kyle Seeger. I mean, probably not. That's that's pretty high praise, uh, regardless of what you listening thinks of Kyle Seager. Um, but I do think that that is a, uh, I do think that's a possibility with Shenton. So um, I, I I like this pick. This is the um, Isaiah Campbell pick of day two for me so far. Yep. So uh, I think it's time to uh, to talk about the most recent pick, uh, Michael. Limoncelli, Limoncelli. Well, I'll, I should I should have just turned on the audio on the on the draft stream and just listened to it real quick for pronunciation. But uh, so I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with Limoncelli. That's that's what I'm feeling on that. Uh, so just a little bit of information on him uh, that I've gathered uh, since we've been talking is uh, so he just had uh, or he's coming off of Tommy John surgery. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but before that, he was touching 93 to 95 on his fastball. Um, and that's about it. He's a Coastal Carolina commit. Um, mm-hmm. So it's a good program. Yeah. So it will be a little bit tough to, uh, to sign him away from there. Uh, has a three-pitch mix, fastball, curveball, changeup. Apparently, the changeup is solid. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's really all that I know about him. It's you know, it's really hard to judge with these with these New York uh, high school pitchers. Um, you know, the but, weather's uh, not great. Neither is the competition usually. Um, so. Uh, it's interesting though. It's you know, it, it's going to be a project if if they're able to sign him. I'm going to assume that they're pretty confident in their ability to sign him, given that right. they drafted him in the sixth round. Um, and 
they clearly really like uh, his potential uh, in spite of the uh, in spite of the surgery that he had. So um, I don't know how recent the surgery was. Was it this I think, spring? I think it was this spring, based on what I'm reading. Um, so yeah, he's going to be out this year. He'll probably be out most of next year. He's 19 years old, coming out of high school, and that's. You know, whether you think it's a big deal or not, Major League Baseball teams do. And because he's 19 and not 18, that was going to hurt his stock right away. Again, the Tommy John surgery certainly doesn't help either. Um, but yeah, you know, when you're an 18, 19 year old kid, you're six foot two, you weigh 180 pounds, and you're already touching 93 um, with a pretty solid curveball and feel for a changeup, uh, that's going to catch people's attention. So um, this is a guy who. Had he not had Tommy John surgery, he's probably, you know, top five round pick. And the Mariners snag him late in round six. Um, I I think it's an interesting arm to be sure. Um, the Mariners obviously feel pretty good about his uh, about his medicals. Uh, they feel good about his surgery. They feel good about his upside. I don't think they take him if they don't already know that they're going to sign him. Um, we talked about a few guys who were. Um, potential low, uh, below slot deal type of players. And uh, this could be one of the players they were saving up money to sign. Um, it could make sense for him to go to Coastal Carolina, uh, which again is a good program. It's a good college baseball program. And if he can get healthy there and get back to the draft in two years, he could go a lot higher than this. Um, so I'm going to guess the Mariners are going to pay a little bit over slot to make sure that they can, uh, they control his, his, uh, his growth and his uh, his rehab and all that stuff. So um, we'll wait and see. But, uh, yeah, the fastball, chance there to be plus. The curveball has a chance to be cl- uh, plus. Good feel for a changeup at a young age. And what some scouts are calling average average control right now. Um, so, yeah, I think I th- don't think this is your typical high school. He could be an ace type of player. But I think this is a, uh, a number four starter uh, potential there. Um, and depending on the VLO program and all that stuff, he could be a little bit more, um, going forward. So, um, you know, we'll try and learn a little bit more about him. Uh, I don't have, I, I don't have, like I said, I don't have a vast knowledge of, uh, New York high school prospects. So, uh, we'll get to you. We'll get you what we can on the website, sotomojo.com. Um, that's all the picks the Mariners have made thus far. Um, and we're going to try and get out of here before they make their seventh round pick. And we will talk about that later. Um, and we'll certainly write about it on the, uh, on the thread that's going on right now at sotomojo.com. Um, a bit of Mariner news just announced. Um, we have a starting pitcher for tonight, uh, and boy, oh boy, is this going to be fun. Andrew Moore against the Houston <laughs> Astros tonight. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, unfortunately, this doesn't mean Connor Sadzik is going to the IL. And this is the bad news, right elbow inflammation. Oh, no. Yeah, so um, hopefully that is just a precaution. Um, but Andrew Moore is going to get the start tonight. Uh, over under three innings pitched for Andrew Moore. Uh, yeah, I'm going to say over because he's going to get bodied pretty early and they're just going to make him wear it yeah <laughs> so. I, I think i would have the exact same logic and take the same thing so um andrew moore getting this start tonight not that we need to spend a lot of time talking about the actual mariners right now because uh 
Cooper. They're, uh, they're not <laughs> good. <laughs> Their fireworks show was excellent. I was at the game on Friday for Star Wars Firework Night. That was fun. Um, nice. And they they did get the win. So, haha. I'm just saying they're two and two when I go to the game. So I don't know. Maybe. Uh, I man, that it's uh, a <laughs> they uh yeah they uh wow uh, I saw the Dylan Moore play on uh, Sports Center quite a bit last night. Oh. Uh, <laughs> That might not have even been the worst play. I mean, it looks the worst, but Malik Smith's yeah. route on that uh, on that line drive. I mean, I'm, I'm not sure if I agree with Scott Service putting the blame on Narvaez for that for the Dylan Moore play. I he think he of, should have gone to second. He was kind of moving towards second base already. So I mean, yeah, I just. Uh, uh, <laughs> Mm, well, Shed Long looks really good, so yeah, you know. That's... Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's hitting, uh, yeah, he's hitting three thirteen since being called up. That's great. Uh, wish they would play Braden Bishop. Uh, that would be fantastic, but uh, you know, yeah, assuming he still exists. Well, <laughs> so. you know, you gotta wait for a lefty to be on the mound because, despite having no at bats against right-handed pitching at the big league level, they've determined he can't hit right-hand pitching. So, um. Clearly, that's 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 a thing. Apparently, so um, yeah. Hopefully, JP Crawford gets back soon. Um, if nothing else, for the fun factor. Um, but like I said, hey, Shed Long's fun, so that that's a positive. Um, and obviously, you know, the Mariners are going to make more trades. The report came out on uh, MLB or MLB trade rumors that they're going to be sellers. Like nobody knew that. What? Uh, like. <laughs> Why? Why would they do that? I I can't. Wow. Okay. Uh, but we'll talk more about that later, guys. I think we're going to wrap up this podcast right now uh, so Ty can stop talking. Um, oh, yeah, you're sick, too. So, um, but anyways. Uh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> so, no, we'll, we'll, we'll put a bow on this, guys. Uh, I think we damn, dude. This, this is the Bully Ty podcast. All right. Yeah, apparently, man. <laughs> Uh, when, when I when my voice is one hundred percent, next week is going to be the Bully Colby podcast. Yeah, plenty to work with there, so uh, <laughs> not a, not a problem. So yeah, we've been going for about an hour now, so I think we're going to go ahead and put a bow on this. Um, I will say, make sure you guys visit the website. We have uh, breakdowns of all the day one picks uh, posted on the website sotomojo dot com. Uh, we have a uh, running thread right now on the front page of the uh, the draft picks as they come in. Um, on day two will tomorrow day three, we'll probably do a bulk post at the end where we just pick out a few of our favorite, uh, <coughs> a few of our more interesting uh, players that we liked in that day. Cause uh, day three, I believe is rounds 11 through 40. Mm-hmm. We're not, we're not doing 30 prospect write-ups, um, yeah. <laughs> especially from guys I'm never going to hear of and have no idea what to write about. So, uh, so yeah, be on the lookout for that, guys. Also, Ty, I think we agreed next week we're going to start our uh, our series, right? Yep, uh, yep. Next week we're going to start a trade day series. Yep, the trade uh, day. Good. And just look at you know how the Mariners can sell some of their uh, their veteran pieces like Edwin Encarnacion, Tim Beckham, etc. And we will be giving our specific trade ideas, uh, not just from Colby and I, but from all of our writers. So look out for Colton and Josh and Herb and everyone to. Uh, mm-hmm. 
should be providing their uh, their trade ideas um, for uh, for July or even early, uh, depending on you know how aggressive teams want to be. Because Jerry Depoto is very ready and willing to uh, to deal pretty much everyone. I don't know. Jerry doesn't really seem like a guy who likes to trade. Um, but anyways, we'll we'll plug away. Uh, all through the month, the rest of the month of June and all the way through July, we will uh, we will be running trade articles, um, trade proposals, more or less, uh, things like that. You guys might remember the series from last year. You guys seem to like it, so we're bringing it back. Um, and while our focus is probably going to be on selling uh, these pieces, <coughs> finding, finding prospects that we like for these guys, uh, I know on my personal list, I have a few guys who are, would largely be considered buys. Um, you know, instead of selling moves. So uh, it'll be fun. We'll have a good mix. And uh, I hope you guys enjoy that. Again, that'll be at uh, sotomojo.com. Um, if you guys want to interact with us, ask us questions, comments, concerns, and you don't want to be an a-hole about it, uh, go ahead and hit us up on Twitter at sotomojofs. Uh, we're also on Facebook and Instagram. But again, the best way to get hold of us, guys, is on Twitter at sotomojofs. Uh, be sure to give us a follow. We tweet out all of our content and uh, have a have a pretty good time. Uh, sometimes it's sometimes it's self loathing about the uh, Mariners, and other times, you know, we've been known to talk a little, you know, a little Game of Thrones here and there, a little uh, Marvel things like that. So, uh, you know, we we like to mix it up on the Twitter feed. So make sure you join us, uh, uh, follow us on Twitter at SotoMojoFS, um, and finally make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you guys don't miss any episodes. Um, I will say that the uh, the series previews have become a little less infrequent. Part of that is our uh, technology issues right now. Uh, and the other part is it's really depressing to talk about the day-to-day operations of the Seattle Mariners. So, uh, yeah, you know, maybe they played Braden Bishop two days in a row. Maybe I'll think about it. How about that? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, but we'll see how Go- all that goes. Going back to going back to the Twitter account real quick, yeah. uh, please. Uh, if you uh, if you didn't like the Jay Bruce pl- uh, trade, please uh, let Colby know uh, at cpat11 on Twitter. Uh, please just uh, tell him about how much the Jay Bruce trade disgusted you. Uh, so, sure, yeah. uh, you better pull all your punches in that first tweet because it's an automatic <laughs> block. So uh, have fun with that. But. And, uh, uh, and you know how uh, you know we we like to mix things up, like you said. You know, talk about some Game of Thrones, talk about some Seahawks, talk about you know all that. Uh, this this weekend is the start of E3, the biggest video game conference in uh, in the world, where they announce a bunch of new stuff. So you're going to be seeing probably a few tweets about that, especially when the Nintendo uh, Nintendo conference goes on from uh, right. from your boy. Yeah, and just understand that all those tweets will be from the scratchy throat guy known as Ty Gonzalez. So um, Ty, Ty's the gamer of the uh, of the duo here. So um, yeah, be on the lookout for that, guys. Like I said, we like to have fun. We like to talk about baseball, but we do like to talk about other things as well. And uh, we hope you guys do as well. So uh, make sure you follow us on Twitter at SotoMojoFS. Um, but that is going to officially put a bow on it. The Mariners are up in about 10 picks I really don't want to break this one down on the podcast, so we're going to go ahead and sign off. Um, Alex, I'm I'm Colby Patno. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, you know, go Mariners. Hopefully, the draft uh, the draft is uh, is beneficial to the Mariners long term. And I will see you in another life. Peace. Peace.